proclaiming the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, preparing a people for the kingdom of heaven, preserving a posterity for the glory of God. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Key of David podcast, brought to you by the Watchman of the Wall Ministries. I'm your host, Charles, and I thank God that he has ordained this day. He has ordained this day for me to be a witness and a proclaimer of his word. He has ordained this day for you to hear this word. So whatever day that you have decided to download this podcast, to seek to seek God's face, to perhaps get a word from God through this podcast, I pray today that you are not disappointed. I believe that you will receive from God today in these next few minutes, whatever you need. And I know that it was not by accident that you are listening to this podcast right now, but it is the spirit of the Lord that has led you to this podcast. I am trusting that God is going to use it for his glory and use me to edify, to build up, to strengthen to give you something that you can build your life upon, that you can apply to your life, that will give you what you need to increase your faith and to develop that relationship with God. While I'm welcoming you to the podcast, I want to welcome to the podcast my brother and minister who helps me with this podcast, Scott. How are you doing today? I'm doing wonderful, Charles, and like you, I'm I'm tickled pink as they say, to be back on this podcast. I, I love it. It's such a wonderful time in the Lord. It's like church, and I'm like you as well. I hope that uh, I'm getting something, and, and I, I believe you are out of this. I mean, we get fed just like they do, uh, believe it or not, and I hope that they're getting something. They're being encouraged, and they're being strengthened in the Lord each time they listen to these, Charles. I, I don't know about you. I, I still feel the twinge in the back of my spirit, if I can say it that way, that I know there's coming a day. We're, we're living in a day and age where they are on the attack for anybody speaking things of God on the media and in social media and, and out in public. And uh, they like to shut them down, Charles. And I, I'm, I still feel a tinge in the back of my spirit that one day we might get cut off from being able to say and do these things. But for now, for now. We're going to stand boldly. We're going to stand proudly in the spirit, and we're going to try to encourage the remnant that's out there. And I'm glad to be here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. I am encouraged in the Lord, and I'm like you. I want to take every opportunity that we can to sow into our brothers and sisters in Christ what they need because, Scott, I feel the same. I feel that there may come a day where we do not have the ability to do what we're doing today, where I hope it doesn't happen. Uh, but as the, as the world progresses, we know the darkness will increase. We know the enemy will be given more liberty and freedom that the end has to come. And in order for the end to come, sin has to reach its fullness. And unfortunately there probably will come a day where we will not be, able to record a podcast and speak on God's behalf as, read as, as readily as we are today. 
that there will probably come a day. I don't know if the listener has considered it, but there's probably going to come a time where the listener won't be able to pull up a podcast regarding the Lord. There'll still be podcasts, but will there be any podcasts that have any spiritualness to them? Any podcast that will feed the soul and the heart and lead them to God? I hope they take advantage of this opportunity to sow good things into their life, to build that storehouse. Because, Scott, I believe, I know there has been speak in preaching and a lot of words about an end-time revival, but, Scott, I'm afraid that either that revival has already came or before that revival comes, there will be a famine in the land. And like the word said, it's going to be a famine for the sincere word of God. And I'm afraid that we're all going to have a famine. If we don't take this opportunity to build that storehouse of faith, give us some substance to live on, to stay strong in the Lord, to, to give up, those things that are so readily available to us and spend time in God's word, building ourselves up in our most holy faith as the word commands that we're going to be in jeopardy when that time comes and that famine arrives. Scott, we were warned by the Holy spirit and by Paul, the apostle that there would be a great falling away before the end. And that falling away is going to be caused by lack of God's word and the readiness and the availability to the enemy's easy way out. Mm. And God, unfortunately the Christian has been enticed and seduced by the easy way. There are a lot of Christians out there today that are attempting to find God the easy way. <laughs> and this goes right yeah. into what we have today on our hearts is there is a right way to pursue God. There is a right way to find God, to discover God. But the easy way is not the right way. And the easy way is so enticing. And Christians today believe that it is easy to get a hold of God. And I know God said, call upon him while he is near. But Scott, there is a right way to pursue God, and it's not always easy. Amen. Amen. It's not always easy. There's a there's a battle going on to to approach God right now. I you know I might even say this, Charles. At, at one point in time in the past, it might have been easy uh, easy in this manner as you speak of. But, but we're living in a day and an age now that a man's going to have to contend with the worldview. A man's going to have to contend with uh, the devil who is raging, as you just said, even more so now than he ever has. And you're going to have to contend with your flesh. It's not going to be an easy uh, thing. But, you know, thank God, if we put in the effort to pursue him, he is going to meet us. He is going to be there. He is faithful. And, and that's what we're going to try to approach today. I know that it's going to be heavy teaching most likely, but we need this. We need this teaching. We need to transform and renew our mind, Charles. That's a lot of the problem today. You're quoting that, you know, people want to take the easy route, and that's not that's not the right way. We need our mind renewed. We need our mind transformed. We've got a head full of useless knowledge or wrong knowledge, thanks yep. to pastors and preachers today who are wolves in sheep's clothing, 
But I just praise God for this podcast, not because I'm on it. I just praise God for this podcast, Charles, that the truth is being disseminated if people will listen and will take it. And I, and I would just challenge the people to try what we're saying. What have you got to lose? That's what right. we're about to present, what we're about to say, give it a try. What have you got to lose? Right now, Charles, the world is, is chalked full of fear, chalked full of worry, chalked full of concern, all the things that are not of faith, all the things that we're trying that are trying to bring you down but give a give what we're saying a try and see charles I, that's how i would kind of present this before Ooh, we get started <laughs> i like it give it a try you know like you said uh if they want to know if what we are saying is the truth they can try it they yep. can put it to the test the truth of god has stood the test of time it has went through the ages. It is still strong today. The rock of ages is still secure. And if they want to put us to the test, I I applaud that. I want to be put to the test. I want my words to be tried. I want what is presented on this podcast to be used to see if it works. Yes. So, Scott, it sounds like we're ready and, and raring to go. Uh, before before we get into the material that I believe God has laid upon our hearts, being led by the Holy Spirit, let us pray. If you would say a prayer for us, Scott, say a prayer for you, for me, for the podcast, for the people listening, that we are prepared to hear the word, to do the word, and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak the word. Would you pray for us? Certainly do it. And we've we've got a couple of requests that I'm going to go ahead and add right here, Charles. And there's some people that's asking for prayer, and we are more than happy to say a prayer for these folks and join our faith with theirs. And I believe when we do those things, that things are going to happen. I wholeheartedly believe, Charles, when we, when we gather together, faith with faith, arm in arm, and we're going to see things happen. That's just That's just how I feel. And that's the mentality we've got to get today. We've got a God who is still alive. Let just let me encourage you for a minute. We, we've got a God that is still alive. He's He's still on the throne. He hasn't changed. The Bible states clearly He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I'm glad He didn't just say tomorrow. He said forever He is the same. So what He did for the people in the Bible. What he did for those in times past, what he did for those in those revivals of yesteryear, he still does it. I see him at work. I still see him do it. And we've got to join our faith, believe with what all we have in our soul. It, it may not be big. You may be struggling. But with what faith you have, when we join together and believe something's going to happen, I guarantee you something's going to happen. And we're going to pray. We've got a couple of prayer requests. Uh, Malia, 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 am I saying that right, Charles? Correct me. Uh, Malia, yes. Malia, thank you. Malia, she is sick this morning, and we're going to pray for her. There, uh, Bella, I'm not going to mention full names, but Bella, we're going to pray for her as well, that she is sick, battling this dreaded, dreaded thing called COVID. We're going to pray for them, and we're going to pray for you this morning that God will touch and, and speak to our needs, speak to our soul this morning. We're going to pray for them. Father, we humbly come to you this morning, and God, we thank you for the privilege of prayer. We thank you, Lord, that you hear our words. 
Lord, we thank you that by faith we can trust in you, that you see our need. You know what we're going through. You're listening to our prayer. It doesn't matter this morning what position we are in. It doesn't matter how, how much we've messed up this week. We can still come to you in prayer. And we pray this morning that, God, you will touch Malaya, that you will touch Bella, that you will touch the people on this podcast that are listening to this podcast, whatever time that it may be, whenever they grab a hold of this, the anointing is still the same. That's the great thing about the anointing is once it's touched something, once it's graced something, it's forever touched something and graced something. And God, we thank you that it stays fresh, that when they listen to this podcast, when they listen to this prayer, they still have the same anointing as while we're speaking right now. And God, I pray for the need. Lord, I pray for the struggle. I pray for the trial. I pray for the temptation. I pray for the stronghold. God, if you will allow us to come into a spirit of intercessory prayer this morning, Lord, I pray for the people. I pray for every single one of them this morning, Lord, that what they're going through, that you, you will speak to their soul. I know, I know, I know that the moment you speak with that voice that flows like milk and honey, that sounds like a river of many waters, that voice that can dispel the fear, it can dispel the worry. Man, a man, it's amazing, Lord, your presence, that we can fret and worry for 24-7 for seven days and, and just be have this, this built-up fear and tension and worry, and then all at once, as soon as you speak, as soon as you say, I am here, all fear, all worry, all cancer, all struggles, all temptations, all strongholds fall to the ground as dead and shriveled up the moment that you speak. And Lord, that's what we're after. That's what we're pursuing this morning is your voice. We pray that you speak to us. We pray you speak to that woman that's battling COVID. We pray you speak to that baby that's struggling this morning. We pray you speak to the woman and the man that's listening to this podcast that thinks they're all alone. What a lie. They are not alone this morning. God, you are with us. You are in the midst. You are still working. You are still the same. There is nothing changed. And God, we have got to get in our spirits this morning that you are for us and not against us. If you are a child of God, you've got more going for you than ever against you. You've got an army standing with you this morning that you can't even count the number of their so many. And Father, we thank you for the joy of, of our salvation. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. We thank you for the word that we can read and know you, God, and not have to worry and fear. And I just pray for that this morning. I pray that you open our heart this today to hear this word. I pray that you touch Charles's mouth and fill him with anointing and with power and with wisdom this morning that he stands in your presence and speaks your word. God, I pray that you open our heart this morning to be able to receive it. Let us get everything out of the way. Lord, let us stop worrying about our job next week or our bills right now. Stop worrying about that right now. Let us assimilate your truth this morning. Let us apply it to your to our lives. Father, we thank you for this podcast. We thank you for what you're about to do. We thank you for the presence that is in this podcast, and we give you the praise and the glory for it all in Jesus' name, and amen. Amen. Thank you, Scott. What a prayer. I love it when Scott said, let us enter into intercessory.
prayer for our brothers and sisters. Listener, if you would take the time to pray until you break through, you will see the power of God made evident in your life. But you have to pray till you break through. Break through what you might ask. Break through your own mind. Break through your own doubts. Break through your own fears. Break through the enemy's wall that he has built around the the attacks of the enemy, the darkness that is hanging over your city. You can break through when you begin to pray with power and anointing. And I thank God that Scott did that. I hope you joined your faith with his when he prayed to see that anointing that he spoke of come into your life, to come to your rescue I believe the anointing, just like he said, it's fresh, forever fresh. Once God speaks, it is done and it is forever done. And once God anoints something, it is forever anointed and it is forever powerful because Mm -hmm. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Thank you, Jesus. Scott, we have begun a new series. We started it last week. This series followed the one that we were on for two months regarding overcoming strongholds. I hope that the people who have strongholds are still fighting, still believing, still trusting that God is going to break those things off their life. They may not be completely free, but the battle is in the fight. And as long as you fight, you win. It's not when you, it's not when you become free from everything that the true victory comes, but the true victory has already come when you commit to fighting until the very end. Mm -hmm. And I believe with all of my heart that this new series is the next series that should follow overcoming strongholds. And Scott, that's the pursuit of God. There is nothing more powerful There is nothing more transforming in your life than a decision to pursue God. And we are going to explain that in this series. What is pursuing God? How to pursue God? The right way to pursue God. God desires, Scott, fellowship with his people. That's the reason that he's done everything. Mm -hmm. If you will remember all the way back, in the beginning of the book, in the beginning of Genesis, it said that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. God desires fellowship, communion. That's why he created you, listener. That is why you are saved. That is why that you have been called of God, is to have communion with God. There is a scripture, Scott, that was laid on my heart prior to doing this podcast today. And it comes from the book of Revelation. Actually, it's the last chapter of the Bible. This is how it ends, listener. This is how it ends. And listen to this. And you will see that God's desire is to have fellowship. It says in Revelation chapter 21, starting at verse 1, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared 
as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. That is where we're going to end up, listener. That is the end of the book. That is the culmination of the story. God started it in Genesis. He's going to end it in Revelation. And it states the key scripture in verse 3. Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Scott, that is the ultimate goal. That is why God sent his son Jesus to die on a cross. That is why he allowed his son to be crucified and to die is so that he could have communion with his creation, especially with mankind. The ultimate goal that God has is for us to be with him and for him to be with us and be our God. And Scott, that's all about the series. That is the bottom line about this new series of Pursuit of God is to begin that journey to be with God, to become the tabernacle of God, just like it states in Revelation 21.3. Amen. Amen. And I, if I can add just a little bit, I love just right below what you read. He declares, God declares, it is done. <laughs> and I, I, I'm just joyful that, Charles, that we, we've got to keep that mark, if I can call it that way, in front of us. That's the reason we're fighting. That's the reason we're going through what we're going through. And you've got to keep that in the forefront of your mind. And I'm, I'm not going to take us off our outline today, but, but you've got to keep that in your forefront of your mind. That's what you're fighting for. That's what you got saved for. That's, that's, that's right. what you're right now for is because what lies ahead is so good. It's so great that words can't even describe it. No more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying, no more death, no more depression, no more fear. A a city built by God that we can dwell with and he will be with us, no longer separated, no longer a body that's going to age and die. I could go on. I could go on and on and on. But, but Charles, that we've got to keep that in the forefront of our mind in, in the very distant look that we've got. That's where we're headed. That's what we're fighting for. It's that good. It's that good. What you what what uh, he's got planned for us, and he said it is done. It's already settled. It's already it's already there. And Charles, I can't wait. I'm gonna hand this back to you. <laughs> Amen. That's okay. But you know, Scott, the point of that scripture, the point of that vision that God gave John of just exactly how the book ends is the whole culmination of the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why we strive to do what we do on this podcast is we want to dwell with God and God wants to dwell with us. Mm-hmm. Listen, that is what seized Paul 
on the road to Damascus. Paul had a vision of Jesus Christ, and it never left him. It never stopped. It drove him to do everything that he did. Paul preached the gospel. Paul wrote the New Testament, or most of it. Paul spoke, and he did all these things for God. But Paul was never more motivated in his life and in his walk than by the pursuit of God, by winning over the very person that appeared to him on that day to Damascus. And he wrote about it, and we mentioned this scripture last week, but I want to read it again because this is the ultimate goal that Paul had in his life. And all those things that Paul did, all those accomplishments that Paul made, were nothing compared to the number one calling on Paul's life. And it's the number one calling on our life, listener. And it begins in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. That I might know him, the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, and made conformable unto his death, if by any means that I might attain to the resurrection of the dead, not as though I'd already attained or either already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which I am also apprehended of Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, Scott, Paul said he presses forward for the prize. And what was the prize? The high calling of God in Christ Jesus. What is the high calling of God in Christ Jesus? He said it back in the chapter, in the verse 10, that I may know him. Uh-huh. If there was five words that summed up the whole ministry of Paul, listener, I want you to hear me with your good ear. If there were five words that you could use to sum up God's goal, God's reason, God's ultimate motivation for what he did, for him starting what he started in the book of Genesis. I know, Scott, that we have 66 books describing the way that God revealed himself to mankind and all the covenants that he made and all the people that he dealt with and all the tales and the testimonies that we have in the Bible of God and how he revealed himself to mankind. If they could be summed up in five words, those five words are the bottom line, Scott to why God did what he did and why we should be. And I say that should because it's not always the case, but we should be motivated by those five words that I may know him. Amen. 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 I mean, that I don't know. I, I'm just. Guys, but that, that is the pursuit. If I can say it that way. And, and we've allowed things to get in our way of that we we today we have a problem with this let me just rephrase it 
that I may know the church bylaws that we'll get caught up in that, that I may know my denomination, that I may know how good I can run this race, that I may know how good I can be, that I may know what calling that I have. You can substitute a bunch of things in there and we, we've let ourselves get sidetracked with that Charles and everything that we're going through, everything that we do, there should be that one motivation there that I may know him. Charles, we've got 66 books. That's correct of God trying to reveal himself, but that's just a mere fraction of, of what we can know because he is God and there are things yet to be revealed, things yet to be said that we can't even yet comprehend. There are facets of his personality and, and his soul, God, I'm talking about God, that we have we can't even attain yet. He, he is so deep. He, he is so big. He is so complex. Charles, it will take us a lifetime, and we'd still only know a fraction. But we've got to have that desire in our, in our spirit at all times. I'm doing what I'm doing that I can know him. Not That's my right. brother, not my sister, not my church bylaws, but that I can know him. And you're exactly right, sir. Scott, there is a prayer that is not mentioned that much i've not heard many sermons on this prayer i've not seen many programs on this prayer it's it's, it's amazing to me that this prayer has not been pushed more focused on more preached about more than it has it's a prayer that was prayed by our lord and savior jesus christ now this is a prayer let me let me set up the picture set up the scene before I read this prayer. But this is at the end of the life of Jesus Christ. This is right before he is about to be crucified and to give the ultimate sacrifice to complete and accomplish what he was sent here to do, what he was born to do, what he was created to do. He was about to fulfill his destiny on the cross and he was in the garden of Gethsemane and Scott, if you were to be told today, today is the last day of your life. You will die today. You, one of your, probably one of your ultimate motivations would be to pray. Mm -hmm. You would probably want to pray to say to God, the last thing that you would say before you left this world, you would want the prayer to mean something. You'd want the prayer to say exactly what you want God to know from you. And that prayer would probably be the most powerful prayer that you would pray. I know that if I was told today was my last day and that my prayer was going to be the final prayer that I was going to pray, I would make sure that I would pray exactly the most important thing in my life. Now, there is a prayer recorded in John chapter 17 from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in the Garden of Gethsemane. One of the last prayers that he prayed, and this is what he prayed, Scott, right before he was crucified. So you have to take note and believe that Jesus was praying what he believed to be the most important request for his father to answer. And I'm not going to pray. I'm not going to read the whole prayer because the whole chapter is the prayer that Jesus prayed. 
But I am going to read some of the part that I want the listener to focus on. Jesus is praying for the people in his life. He's praying for his disciples. And then when he gets done praying for his disciples, he starts praying for you. Scott, do you realize, <laughs> listener, listener, do you realize that Jesus prayed for you in the Garden of Gethsemane? He prayed for you. Scott, there's an old song that I have sung in church, an old song that is dear to my heart called When He Was on the Cross, I Was on His Mind. Yeah. And Scott, I want to let you know when he was in the garden praying, you were already on his mind. Scott, while Jesus was on his knees in the garden of Gethsemane, praying that last prayer, he looked through time and he saw your face. He saw my face. Listener, he saw your face. And this is what he prayed. Verse 20, neither pray for I these alone but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they might all be one as thou, Father, art in me and I in thee, and they may be one in us, Mm -hmm. and the world may believe that thou hast sent me. The glory which thou gave me I have given them, and they may be one even as we are one. I in them and thou in me, and they may be made perfect in one, and that the world may know that thou hast sent me and has loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, and they might behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou loved me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, the world has not known thee, but I have known thee, and these have known that thou hast sent me. And I have declared unto them thy name, and will declare it, that the love wherewith thou hast loved me may be in them, and I in them. Wow. Scott, what a prayer. Wow. What a prayer Jesus prayed for you, for me. For listener, everyone that is listening, he prayed that prayer. And what was his number one goal? What was his number one objective? What was the number one request of his father on the very last day before he died? He said that they may be one, Father, with you and me. And that, Scott, also seals the deal just like Paul said that I may know him that was what motivated Paul that was his number one goal and Scott the number one goal of Jesus was for us to be one with him and with the father and Scott that just again reiterates and solidifies and explains what I wanted to say today to the listener is that Despite what you might be called to do, you may have been called to be a pastor, a teacher, a preacher, an evangelist, a missionary. You may have been called to do a podcast just like Scott and I. You may have been called to write a book, to sing a song, to lead praise and worship, to do 
a, a Sunday school class, to work in the nursery, to do a great thing in this world in the name of Jesus Christ. Your ministry might be great. It might be far wide. It might spread across the earth. But despite all of those things, the number one thing on God's mind and on Jesus's mind when he died and on Paul's mind was that you may pursue God, know God. And that word again, Scott, know we need to explain that word. know there is not just to know about or to understand, but that word know is meaning to be intimate with God. Yeah have an intimate fellowship with God to know God like a man knows his wife and a conception is made and a baby follows. God wants to have a relationship with you listener that transcends just knowing about him that transcends just working for him that goes farther than just doing a work in his kingdom for him. All those things are important. Scott, I want to understand. I want people to understand. And you mentioned it earlier, and I want to mention it again. There is nothing wrong with pursuing a work in God's kingdom. You should be. There is a place for you in God's kingdom. There is a place for you to be a productive part of the kingdom of God. You should be using the talents, the gifts, the resources that God has given you to further his kingdom to preach the gospel, to spread the good news, to be a witness and to help others make it home. You should be using your talents and gifts and abilities to give God glory and to help others make it home. But there is nothing, Scott, more important. There is nothing greater than pursuing God so that you may know him in an intimate way. Amen. Amen. Boy, you just tore me up. I don't know if you should give it to me right now or not, because I'm just I'm just over here. <laughs> I I'm just rejoicing. Golly, my man that will take his last words that yeah. he's that he's going to get to say, Charles. Yeah. This is it. This is all he's going to get to say before he has to go through the torture he goes through, and instead of praying for himself, <laughs> he decides to pray for you and me. Yeah. I, I don't pray for just these 12. I pray for the ones that's going to come after that believe on his word, that will be one that we will feel. I pray that, listen to this. I pray that they feel the love that we feel you and I father between us. I want them to feel it. I, I just, I'm tore up. I'm a mess. I tell you, Thank God Jesus prays for us, Charles. Thank it's God. I mean, you can't get a greater intercessor than that. And, and he wants to go even farther. You hear what you're saying. He wants to go even farther than I may know him. Those, that verbiage and that, and that passage there, he said, I pray that we become one with yeah. each other. <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like that passage that you, you were talking about where a man leaves his father and his mother and he <coughs> finds a woman and he cleaves unto her. The Bible says they become one flesh in God's no. eyes. And, no. and that's, uh, I tell you, I'm, I'm just a hot mess. I, it's, it's, it's got to be a desire in our heart. I want to know this man that will take his last words and, and 
decide to spend them on me instead of himself. I want to know that man that decided not to speak one word and lay his hands and feet on, on, on a cruel old cross and, and let it be spikes be driven in there for me and you. I got to quit. I'm, I'm a hot mess. I got to give this back to you. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, we, we've got to have, if you don't have that desire this morning, you've lost it somehow. Then the shame is to stay that way. The shame is not, uh Oh, I've got a problem. I'm not desired to be one. I don't have that desire. It's not a shame to come to him and say, hey, I'm in trouble. I I don't have that fire. I don't have that desire. Please help me. That's not a shame. A shame is to stay that way because you can't get past your dogma or your denomination or anything like that and not move. i got to give it back to you, sir. I'm sorry. but Scott, you're doing a wonderful job. I want you to continue to obey the spirit because that's exactly the bottom line. We got there quicker than I wanted to. But it's all right. God knows what he's doing, and the Holy Spirit is eager. Do you understand what I'm saying, listener? The Holy Spirit is eager. His ministry started on the day of Pentecost. Scott, when the Holy Spirit was given to us on the day of Pentecost, his desire, his goal was exactly what Jesus prayed in the garden. He wants to make you one with God and Jesus Christ, just like they were, just like Jesus is, just like the disciples became. And Scott, the wonderful thing that you said is what I want to reiterate. It is possible to pray this prayer. It is possible to get back that desire. Do you remember, Scott, when you first got saved? (laughs) Yeah. You remember when you first got saved and your desire, you didn't know the word of God like you wanted to. You hadn't memorized all the scriptures. You hadn't began to work in the kingdom of God. You hadn't become a preacher or a teacher or a Sunday school teacher. You haven't, you hadn't wrote some great book. You hadn't sung some great song. But what began in you that day was a desire to know the one who got a hold of you. Yeah. To know the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And Scott, what happens is, is the devil can't stop you. He will make you so busy mm-hmm. that you forget the most important thing. What happens in a believer's life, Scott, is this. That when when they're first born again, all they know is God, and they want to know God more. But as time goes by, and as their walk with God begins, distractions, and I'm not talking only about evil distractions, Scott. I'm talking about distractions that might even occur within the kingdom of God, where your pursuit for the number one goal and the number one thing changes. Yeah. Yeah. The enemy could see that you're determined to follow God. The enemy can see that he's not going to stop you. He's not going to stop you from living for Jesus. So what does he do? He says, well, let me have that person be focused on something else. I will get them to focus on, how much money they can give the kingdom of God, or I, I'll have them focus on perfect attendance <laughs> in the church going every Sunday morning and beginning to condemn those people that do not go. 
I want them to focus on singing songs or writing a book or I'll get them to focus on becoming a pastor or a preacher or I'll get them focused on learning what their denominational bylaws are and how to how to work in their particular denomination. Scott, the enemy will get you to focus on something and take your attention away from the thing that matters most. Yeah. And that is an intimate relationship with the Father and Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Also, also, Charles, to add to that, he will distract you in so many ways. He'll distract you by trying to send people in your life that will tell you through denominational glasses, this is how you approach God and box God up into a certain way that's not biblical, that's that's not right, that's not the way you approach him, and get you caught up like a rat in a wheel in a cage. And he gets you running around spinning doing this and doing that and being worried about attendance. And now I got to approach the, I got to approach God in the Baptist way. I got to approach God in the Pentecostal way. I got to approach God this certain way. And we, we leave off how just like David did, just like David did. He didn't know anything when he was that little shepherd boy in the field. He didn't know nothing. He just had a harp and a cry. That's all he had a harp and a cry and a mm -hmm. desire. And he'd mm -hmm. sit there and he didn't, Oh God. He didn't know how to do anything. He just started strumming those strings. And, Lord, I love you. I don't know how to do this perfect, but I love you. And he would just, just the presence on him, God would visit him in that field, and the presence so strong that Charles, a <laughs> grizzly bear and a lion, couldn't stand up against it. And that's, I, I, right. that's what we've lost today through these distractions and through these denominational glasses. We've lost our way, but... Like you said, uh, let me bring it back to this. You can still find your way back. You can still get that fire back if, if we will begin to go back to approaching him the right way. Let me hand this back to you. Oh, thank you, Lord, for that. I love what you said about David not knowing anything. You know, I heard a preacher say this one time, and 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 it took me a while to understand it, but I believe I'm beginning to grasp what he said. But he said, sometimes the best thing that you can do is come to God stupid. And <laughs> I, I, at first I'm like, I can't believe you would say some sort of word like that in truth. <laughs> because, you know, we, we, we would take offense to someone calling us stupid. But he said, the best thing you can do is come to God stupid. You realize that you don't know as much as you think you do. You're not <laughs> all that you think you are. And you come to God and you say, God, I don't have much to offer. I don't, I don't have many talents, gifts, and abilities. But what I do have is a desire to know you, a heart that yearns for you, that longs for you. Scott. When I first got born again, that's all I had. All I had was a heart that desired God. And you know what? God has never wanted anything more than that. Even after I learned about my place in his kingdom, even after I began to lead praise and worship and to preach the word and to teach the word, 
and to work in his kingdom and to take the talents, gifts, and abilities that I had, and I began to use them for his glory and for the edification of the body of Christ. And I did my part in helping others find Jesus. And I held all these work studies and these Bible studies and these men's groups trying to get the, you know, people motivated to seek God's face. But in all of those things, Scott, God has never wanted anything more than what he had the day that I came to him. And it has took my life. Here I am at the, at the, you know, I'm beginning you know, I've been around a little longer now than than I used to be, and and I've gained <laughs> a little bit of age. And after all my experiences, I, I, I come to the end. I come to what I thought was the end of my ministry, and I I came to a point. Scott, can I testify just a little bit? Please, please do. I feel like there are some people out there listening that need to hear what I'm saying because I began my walk with God with just a desire to know him. But then I began to be busy. Mm. I got busy for God and I began to work for him and I began to serve God by serving others in his kingdom. And like I said before, all those things have their place and they're all necessary do you remember that story, Scott, in the Bible of Mary and Martha? Oh, yeah. Now, and how Jesus came to visit. And Mary sat at the feet of Jesus just to hear his words. Now, here's Martha. Martha says, oh, the master is in my house. Somebody has to do the cooking. Somebody has to do the serving. And she went about getting ready to serve Jesus. And she began to go around preparing a meal and she was busy not doing evil things. She was doing something that was good. She was doing something that was necessary. And she got upset, Scott, because Mary wasn't helping her because Mm -hmm. Mary seemed to be taking what we would call the easy way out and sitting at the feet of Jesus. So Martha came to Jesus and said, tell Mary to get up and help me serve. And Jesus said, Martha, he said, you are busy. You got busy. Mm, Come on. (laughs) Martha, you got busy. And right now there's something more important than being busy. And that is what Mary's doing. And she has sat down to share and to spend time with me. But notice what he said. He said, Mary has chosen the better thing. He didn't say the good thing because what Martha was doing wasn't bad. And Scott, there was a time in my life where what I was doing wasn't bad. I was serving God. I was operating in the kingdom. I was going to church. I was paying my tithes. I was singing my songs. I was teaching Sunday school class. I was leading the youth. I was working in the men's group and I was serving in so many different ways. I got busy Mm -hmm. and I stayed busy for most of my life up until this point. And now I've come to a place in my life where I'm not so busy. 
And the enemy came along, Scott, and began to whisper in my ear, oh, Charles, what happened to you? You used to be on fire for God. You used to be able to do this. You were a praise and worship leader. You were a Sunday school teacher. You were a youth director. You, you've done all sorts of things, but now you're just set on a shelf collecting dust. You're just used up. God doesn't have any productive part for you anymore. And Scott, it began to eat at me. And I began to think, well, what's wrong with me? What happened to me? I'm used up. I'm no longer serving God like I used to. And the condemnation that comes with the enemy's lies began to settle on my heart. And I began to go to God and say, God, what happened? Do you not have a place for me any longer? Do you not have a, a job for me to do? And I began to pray, Scott, show me, God, where my place is in your kingdom again. Show me where I fit in. Show me what I what I need to be doing. And God said, be a Mary. <laughs> yeah. Amen. He said, I have placed you in a position, Charles, where you can complete the highest calling in a believer's life. I have placed you in a position where no longer are you busy with things that matter, but now matters. Now you have time to do what matters most. And Scott, there are listeners out there right now who have spent their life pursuing God through acts of worship and service to the kingdom and the church And now maybe they have been placed in a position where they feel like they're not productive and they need to hear what I'm saying right now, that God has purposely put them in a position where they can fulfill and pursue the highest calling that a believer has on their life. That I may know him. And Scott, that is the greatest call that is on my life. That is what I am made to pursue right now. That is what God longs for is communion for me to be a tabernacle for the Lord to spend my time becoming one with Jesus and one with the father, just as Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane and Scott, there are listeners now that need to do the same thing. Everyone in should have, at the forefront of their mind, despite what they're doing, despite how busy they might be in the kingdom, that this should be the number one thought. What am I doing to know God more than I knew him yesterday? What am I doing to get to know Jesus, to become one with the father and the son? What am I doing now to make sure that the highest calling on a believer's life is being accomplished in my life? Scott, what would you say to that? Oh, beautifully, beautifully said. You know, it's time to redig your well. Can I throw that phrase out there? You know, Charles, the, the I'm going to try to do this quick and fast. The people that were wandering in the wilderness after they left Egypt, going through that desert land, one of the first things, it was needful, it was important. Ask yourself, how long can you live without water? How long can you? You know, there's there's a limit to how long the human body can live without a drink of water. And one of the first things that they did traveling through that wilderness 
I'm going to try my hand at teaching here a minute. I stink at it, but I'm going to try is they dug a well. They tried to find where the water source was right. underground and they dug a well because Charles, you can only live but just a few days and you dead without water. And that's what they dug. Now let's, let's push forward a few thousand years and Jesus is sitting at a well mm. and he's just sitting there. And a Samaritan woman comes up, you know, a half-breed. She's not fully Jewish. Oh, she's nasty and, and dirty, and the Jews don't like those half-breeds too much. And uh, she walks up to get a drink. Oh, I could, I could talk about that, but I'm not going to here. And, and they, she went to get a drink, and Jesus said, would you give me a drink, woman? You know, <laughs> the, the whole story progresses to where he finally says this, for lack of time, I'm going quick. He says, you drink of this water here in this well, you'll thirst again. You'll need another drink. You'll keep yep. needing a drink. I got a well that I've already dug. If I can uh, paraphrase, I've got a well that I've already dug. If you'll get in that well and get you a drink, you'll never, ever thirst again. And Charles, this is what this is all about is our, our, our goal here. I'm proverbially speaking, that well of, of living water is, is a poetic way of saying your communion with, mm. with God, your fellowship in prayer, where, where you're digging that well, so to speak, but you're getting to know him. You're getting in his presence. There is a presence called the Holy Ghost, and you're getting in that presence, and you're being filled with that living water spiritually, and that is, that is our goal. That is our task, and Charles, we've allowed ourselves to get our wells covered over and capped by the enemy with Come distractions. On. You know, I've, I've got to be, preachers are bad for this. I've got to go visit the sick. I've got to find a sermon for next Sunday. I've got to be busy doing this. And they forget to go to the well. You, just like you said, they will get busy with these distractions. Some of them sinful, some of them not sinful, but they're still distractions. <laughs> and, and we forget to go to the well and we get our well capped. And, and Charles, it's time to redig our well again. That's, that's our first, if I can be practical for a minute, if I can bring it to practicality, that's our first and number one order of business is if you had not dug a well, and some of Sadly, on this podcast did not even dug a well yet, and it's time to dig a well, and some of you that's listening to this podcast, you let your well get capped. You had a good one, but then you let it get capped over with concrete, and Charles, it's God is saying to us this morning, it's time we get there and dig it or uncap it, whatever you got to do. It's time to get back to it now in communion and fellowship at the well. I'll say this. I'm giving it back to you at the well, only at the well, proverbially speaking, is where communion begins. It's where being one begins. It's where feeling the love that Jesus has for God and God has for Jesus. You getting filled up with it, too. That's where it begins. No place else. No place else. Charles, help me explain this. I know I'm doing horrible with it, I feel. No, you're doing a great job, and thank you so much for bringing it down. Jesus stated to that woman at the well, he said, if you knew the water that I had, the living water, and you drank this water, you would never thirst again. And Scott, Jesus is that living water. Yes, and just like you said, we can't live long physically without water. You can live longer without food than water, but you can't live without water very long. And if we would realize in the spiritual world 
that we ourselves cannot live long without water in the spirit. We could go out there and be busy like Martha doing many things. But if we don't like Mary, sit down at the well and let ourselves be filled. And I've done this, Scott, and you've done this. Mm-hmm. And there's probably many listeners that have done this. They have got a drink of water and it got them excited and they took off. <laughs> yeah. And they ran for Jesus and they're running out of water. And they're thirsty again for that living water. And Jesus said, come and be filled. And Scott, this whole podcast today, and like you said, we're running short on time. So I believe with all of my heart that this new series that we've started, The Pursuit of God, today is an invitation, Scott from the master, an invitation from God, an invitation from the Holy Spirit to be like Mary and to sit at the feet of Jesus, to go back to that well that you had when you first got saved, that desire to seek God's face. You didn't know anything. You came to the God stupid, in other words. You didn't know the Bible like you you do now. You didn't serve God in the church like you do now, but you're thirsty and you need to renew that intimate fellowship with Jesus Christ. You need to renew that want to and that desire, that same description that David had when he sat on the plains before he became king, before he became busy, before life took up all of his time. He sat there on that hill and he sung as the yeah. heart or as the deer pants for the water brook. So my soul longeth after thee, O God. Yeah, yeah. And it's time for us to do the same things, God. It's time for us to become thirsty again for God in a simple, intimate way to let him become number one in our lives. Not things, not stuff that in his name but him and him alone as a person to begin to love him, to seek him, to know him. That is the number one call. And we need to renew that number one call in our lives again, Scott. Yes. Scott, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to pray, but before I do, I'm going to ask you to say anything left on your heart, anything that the Holy spirit might want you to say. But I want to pray. I want to pray. And you can pray this prayer, Saint. Listener, you can pray this prayer. You can ask God to renew that fellowship, to bring about that thirst, the right thirst. Not a thirst for things, not a thirst for actions, but a thirst to know him in the intimate way, to simply pursue God, the person of Jesus Christ, and the knowledge of him in an intimate fashion. Scott, would you pray for us? You know, it specifically says in the word, Charles, this this is not a shame. You have preachers out there that will say that you can't stay in that joy. You, you were referring to the day you got saved, that, that day you committed your life to the Lord, and that joy that you felt. There's preachers out there that will tell you you can't live in there and you can't stay there. In the joy. I'm not talking about in growing, 
but in the joy, in the fellowship, you can't stay there. And that's wrong. That's a lie. Don't believe that lie. You can walk and stay in that joy in, in, uh, of that. Even David said, he got to the place, I can't quote this verbatim exactly, but you'll get the gist. Even David too busy. He got distracted. He got tore up and, and messed up with other things. And he had to come back and he had to pray this prayer. Renew in me a right yeah. spirit and a right heart. Return unto yeah. me the joys of my salvation. Oh, boy, we're speaking to somebody this morning. Return unto me the joy that I felt, the peace that I had. I, I let the devil steal it. This is, this is the kind of prayer we're going to pray. Listen to me. I, I let the devil steal it. I let myself get distracted. I gave it away. But you can return unto me the joy of my salvation with you. You can renew in me a right heart and a right spirit. You can turn back time, God, because you have control of time. You can turn back time. What the canker worm has eaten and the palmer worm is chewed on and destroyed in my life. The things that when I had joy and peace, when I was walking in right standing, when I was fellowshipping with you. You know, you remember that place, God, when I used to, I could say, Jesus, and you were right there. I lost it. But you can return unto me the joy. You can renew in me. A right heart. And you. I want you to know, uh, saint of God, he, he did. He did return. He did renew. And he, he will for David. He did for David. He will for you. He will for me. He will for Charles. He will for anyone. He's not a respecter of persons. He will renew you. And that's where the Holy Spirit is calling us today. Amen. Right approach. A right way is renewing our fellowship. Digging our well back up, so to speak. Or maybe we need to dig one, period, because we've never done it. But we're going to pray this morning that we do this. We're going to pray. Father, I thank you this morning for this word. Yes, Such a wonderful, wonderful invitation. Lord, we forget sometimes that you don't have to extend these invitations. You could let us, if you wanted to, go our own merry way in our distractions and in our depression and in our fear and just be swallowed up in this stuff, but because you're loving because you're good, because John declared you a God of love, that you extend this invitation to us today. Whatever situation we have been in or in now, whatever we've done, no matter how dirty or sinful or horrible we've been, you still extend the invitation. And God, I, I pray this morning for the people that are listening. I pray for me. I pray for Charles. I pray for everyone that will listen to this podcast you renew in us our fellowship mm. that you you help us god you know you see you see it's going to take the holy spirit we don't know where the water is now we've lost our way lord so bad we don't know where to dig but god your your holy spirit can come to us and guide us like a divining rod to where we need to dig that well again and father i pray that this morning for every one of us that you lead us to the well of living water, to the well of communion, to the well of becoming one with you, yes. wherever it may be. Once again, once again, you can do this. You can do this. God, if you can raise a dead man four days dead, if you can heal a broken leg, if you can destroy cancer, this is nothing for you to be able to do. If you can make a woman 90-year-old pregnant, this is nothing for you to do. And God, we pray that you restore 
our fellowship. Renew our joy. I don't care, Lord, Lord, I don't care if they're a pastor of 30 years. I don't care if they've been a deacon for 50. I don't care if once they stood in these high-powered places, but they're no longer there. Maybe they feel, Lord, I'm dispelling some of this stuff. There's some people listening to me right now that think they're washed up and done, that they're too old, that they've done too much, that they've gone too far. They've got that mentality in their mind. I'm dispelling that in the name of Jesus. I rebuke that myth in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the tool that Satan is doing on these people. I see a people right now, if they will take this, that are on fire, that are anointed, that are powerful, that can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. I see a people, if they will take this, that are anointed like the days of old, like the apostles 12, if they will take this. Lord, I pray that they take it. I pray that you help us, God. Lead us to this place this morning. Once again, I thank you for this. I love you. I thank you, Lord. Morning. Help us to get to this place. We will give you the praise and the glory for you, the one that does it. In Jesus' name we pray, and amen. Amen, amen. Listener, I pray that you have echoed that prayer in your spirit as Scott prayed it. We have been given and have received an invitation for restoration. And I want to accept that invitation from the Holy Spirit. I want Scott to receive it. I hope you have received it. An invitation to restoration has been given to us. Let us accept it. Grab a hold of it. Run with it. Become a Mary and lay down the duties and the jobs and the distractions just for a while let us come away and hide in the bedchamber yes with our beloved and love on god like he wants to love on you listener i hope you have enjoyed this podcast i hope it has stirred up something inside your heart i hope it has benefited you i hope you receive what you have heard from god today I want to invite you to seek out the other resources that this ministry has available. We have YouTube channels that you can find if you search for the cry of the watchman or the key of David. We have blogs that you can enjoy that will be linked in the show notes of this podcast. We have a Facebook page, simply cry of the watchman. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Cry of the Watchman. If you want, God will give you more and more of him than you have ever had before. Scott said it last week, and I'm going to say it again. You can have as much of God as you can stand. Mm. And, the, and it states, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. My friend, God wants to fill you. And I hope you're hungry for him like I am. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. It has been God's good pleasure to speak to you. It has been our good pleasure to obey and to speak to you what he has laid on our hearts. It is the prayer of the Key of David podcast. It is the prayer of the Watchman of the Wall Ministries that each and every person listening repents for the kingdom of heaven is at hand.